Hello, beautiful people. It is Lala Kent with my right hand and my brain, Jessica Walter. Hello, everybody. Dude, we got Brock on the podcast today. Very exciting. We're pre-recording this just a few days because when this airs, where will you be, Lala? I'll be in Mexico for Brock and Sheena's wedding. That's really exciting. It's exciting. I'm so happy for them. You know, you know how I feel about just marriage in general. (laughs) I do. I do. But you know what? I am totally happy to go and celebrate love. Yeah. So that is, and I can't wait to see Summer Moon. There's just nothing sweeter than, you know, two people just acknowledging the love they have and and like making a commitment before, I mean, in my mind, it's going this way, making a commitment before God and this little human being that's a part of both of them. Getting goosebumps. Look at you beautifully stating this. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, fuck marriage. I'm going (laughs) to cry. (laughs) Uh, No, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see. Well, I'm just like, I'm going to look at all the stories and see what everyone wears. I'm dying to see Sheena's dress. I am too. Um, Do you know what you're wearing? No, I'm actually going to leave doing this podcast and Mm -hmm. I need to go shopping. Okay. I need to go shopping for Mexico. Yeah. Um, All right. So, you know how I took Ocean to Newport Beach? Yes. So we were staying in a hotel room and there was the pack and play that I put her in. And, you know, she's very easy. Like she's kind of just adjusted to Mm -hmm. the way things are because it's been an adjustment at the from the time she was seven months. So like I can leave the TV on and have her in the same room as me and she'll go to sleep. Okay. Right. Yeah. But this night, Gigi was getting her super hyphy (laughs) and she was like putting hats on, (laughs) rolling around and everybody and their dog commented and they were like, you need a slumber pod. So I'm like, what is this slumber pod? Yeah. I look it up. It's like a full on like pod, like a tent pod okay. for your baby. That you take on trips? Yes. And it's just like they sleep in there? They sleep in there. <gasps> I mean, I'm going to show you a picture, but yeah, I'm telling you pick. what. It was like one message after the other saying you need slumber. a slumber pod. So now I'm going to look into just getting one because. A slumber pod. I mean, I kind of want to get in it. Let me see. Oh, this is so cool. It legit looks like, looks like a tent. I mean, just Google it. Yeah, it looks like a tent. You know what? I'm looking at those those little things that bend. That's probably hard to set up to, just like a tent. Do you really think? A, a te- setting up a tent, I have tried so many times and failed every well, time. Well, it came highly recommended. Well, so maybe, if any of yeah. my moms out there have a slumber pod, Jess is saying it looks very complex. It, I, it looks like a tent, you guys. It looks like those. Well, look at what you do. You put it over the pack and play. Oh, maybe it just folds then. Maybe it does. I don't know. But I think I might get one. And it looks like it's easy to pack. Anyway, mm. that happened. Um, and also a lot of people asking me how Ocean sleeps through the night. Mm-hmm. They're like, I have. I, I went through my DMs today. Yeah. And it was like one after the um, other slumber pod. How does Ocean sleep through the night? I don't know how I got that to happen. My friend's kids usually wake up in the middle of the night. Ocean has slept through the night since, I want to say, like, six months. Really? Yeah, because I did sleep train. and That's what I was going to ask. Sleep I training. did. Okay. And obviously, as a mom, you know your kids cry. Mm-hmm. You know when they're fussing and they just need to self-soothe. You know when something is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know when it's a diaper change. So when I would put her in there, and it was hard because you hear your kid fuss and you want to go in and cuddle and protect them. But I also know that it can become a nightmare. Mm -hmm. You know, I slept in my parents' bed until I was like 12. 
You did? Yes. Why? I was just terrified. Of everything? Of everything. Was Easton the same way? No. no. Really? He was a champion child. So that's why I was like, I'm going to sleep train, even though it is hard. I think it'll be worth it. And I'll tell you what, I put her down between seven and eight. Mm -hmm. That chick knocks out. She woke up today at like 930. (laughs) She's so healthy, it seems. Every time I see her, she's because I've nannied before I've mentioned that on the podcast and sometimes I would come in and the babies would be like they looked exhausted yeah and all day they'd be lethargic and I'm like what is going on and I bet it's because I mean they woke up throughout the night and you can tell she gets a lot of sleep oh yeah yeah she's revived she's revived you know she had like a long day the day before because she was elsewhere Mm mm-hmm at the LA Zoo, which literally killed me. Everyone knows how I am with animals. Yeah. I deep dive into certain zoos. She went to the LA Zoo. So the LA Zoo is not a one that we support? Um, I've never done I the research. I didn't love that she was there. Okay. But I was like, great. I hope yeah. she's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have to. Personally, this is just me. I have to do. I haven't been to a zoo since I was like 13, but I have to do the research because if they're to. not one of the good zoos. Nope. I want them to shut down. Yeah. And hand over their animals to one of the good ones. I know. There's so much wrong with this world. I know, like it's the the. You know, we posted about the carriages in New York and then now it's like. Yeah that yep. the horse rider and, and now, now they're I, showing where they stay and i regret now not saying something because in new york i was like it's sick it's disgusting and now i regret not shaming the people, the people on them no who were going on them i know now i like i have been texting my best friend from home who lives in new york and i'm like when can we set up a protest mm-hmm. like we need to be shaming everyone who's paying for this like i know they're protesting right now and yeah. we go to BravoCon. In New York in, in New October. York. Mm-hmm. And I think I may roll up. Oh, I'll go with you. <laughs> and shame all of them. Shame all them. Wake what up, y'all. It's, I'll hold like hold yes. pictures or hold posters of the facts. How many horses die per year from the carriage rides? And that fucking like whatever they call the guy who the like loser. I'm sorry, I'll say trying it. to like, get the horse up. I wanted to fuck him up so bad. 100%. And I'm not violent. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. you stupid piece of shit. Yep. This poor animal with no voice. Yep. And this is how you're treating it. Taking the whip, get Taking up, get the up. Whip. And I wanted to whip his ass. I uh, he's disgusting. Disgusting. And the horse was already skin and bones. I know. Already abused. No, it makes me sick. Go to my yeah. Instagram. Sign the petitions that I'll be posting. Disgusting. Please. I will not let up. I will continue yeah. to be the crazy person that trolls anyone who goes to a zoo and doesn't do research. Anyone mm-hmm. who goes on these horse and carriage rides. Anyone who goes to SeaWorld. I mm-hmm. turn into an Instagram troll. Yeah. Educate yourself. And I can't stress enough, you guys, with the research I've done, how... There is no, because I've, so many people DM'd me and they go, well, my town does it in Christmas, but it's okay. No. No. Do the research. Your basic bitch ass wedding with your horse (laughs) and carriage when you're like you and your husband. Oh, because you want to be Disney princess for the day. Not okay. Oh my God. None of it's okay. Judging you. Judging you so hardcore. Yeah. Um, The other thing I want to talk about before we go into the Brock episode, which I'm excited for, mm. is I feel like I'm cheating on Housewives because I have become addicted to Jersey Shore. And <laughs> I can't stop. I cannot stop. And now my mom yeah. is also very invested in Ron and Sammy. And really? I'm like, they don't end up together, mom. No. This was like 2008 or nine. 
they don't end up together and she's like well why and i'm like you'll see just i love sammy also you said you would take Polly d to the smush room or smash room whatever back in the day not Vinny. Vinny's very sweet but i think Polly d was the guy jersey shore is so funny (laughs) the hair i couldn't get past the hair oh the hair makes it Him walking around saying cabs are here yeah, and t-shirt yeah. time. The whole thing is like everything's working for me. That's I don't so know funny. why, but it's working yeah. for me. That's funny. Do you watch the um, Jersey Shore, the ones that are out now? No, Family because reunion? I started on season one and okay. then I'll maneuver my way into Family Vacation. Family Vacation. Oh, I called it Family Reunion. Okay. Maybe it is family reunion. I think it's vacation. Who knows? Yeah. All I know is it's amazing. I haven't watched Housewives in like an entire week and I feel so guilty. <laughs> You'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick little break and we will be back with Sheena's baby daddy. Sheena's baby daddy and now husband. Oh, my When this comes out, maybe. Oh, yes. yes. <gasps> Congratulations, oh, Sheena's Sheena husband. All right. We'll be right back. So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press-On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part zero mess one step and you're done the lash style options are endless and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from impress no glue manis and press on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes the press on falsies have a unique under lash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours the Impress Mannies have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress No Glue Press on Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. Here's what I love about doing a podcast. It doesn't really require any glam, like at all. I can podcast in comfort and for me, that means wearing my new favorite, super soft Quince Cashmere Tee. Thanks to Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless, comfortable pieces that keep me looking so chic summer after summer. Quince has premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at $30. You can find silk tops, 14 karat jewelry, and so much more. And this is my favorite part. All Quince items are 50 to 80% less than many similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes all of those savings on to us. And don't get me started on their towels. I have the Quince waffle towels at the Palm Springs house. I have them in white and they are so soft. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lala for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lala to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lala. Welcome back. We have 
my boy, where every time he arrives, I go, Crikey, it's Brooke. <laughs> In the flesh, baby. How we doing? We're good. How are you? I mean, it's been good. It's It's been a good day. Uh, a little stressed out with the timing of everything coming up, but uh, super excited. To be honest, we just had to cancel flights and read books other flights. So No, Sheena texted me this morning and said, I need to know what flight you're on. We booked our flights in April, and now they've completely switched it up. Mm-hmm. They have us doing layovers, and then... We, we were going to Houston with a warning this morning that your flight might be canceled, delayed because of storms. And so I, I was like, honey, we, we can't do that flight. So, no. we, so we re-looked and we actually jumped on the next day. We, we'll lose like six hours, but it works out better for summer. Everybody training, tra- flying out there. So, Are Good. you flying with Summer or is she flying on a separate flight? Uh, look, Summer's flying straight with us. I, she? I, I, I mean, she's been a good flyer. We've taken her to Hawaii once. We've only oh, done, I say this, solid. I've said this before, but she slept in me, my arms the whole flight. So uh, we got all easy with that one. Now her nap schedule is two hours. So the flight's at around 10. So hopefully we'll be fine. Knock her right out. Knock her out. She'll, she'll take a nap. And if she doesn't, let's, well, I'm, I'm here for it. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. You know what? I've, Ocean has always been kind of on my schedule. There are days where it's like we're home and she gets a nap in, like a regular schedule. And other days I'm like, you either have to take a nap on the beach because it's party time mm-hmm. or like you're not going to get a nap. And... I'm in a different situation because my kid is bounced back and forth. She's constantly seeing new faces. Mm-hmm. It's like very much, it's, I don't want to say chaotic, but she kind of has had to adjust from the age of seven months. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She goes over to the other house. She's got different bottles. She goes over to the other house. She's got, everything is different. Yeah. So she kind of is just like very flexible. Yeah. I mean, when you came down to San Diego, we saw, I, I honestly, when you put her to bed and walked out and I'm there with Summer, <laughs> I was just kind of like, what? She sleep? Wait, what do you do? Do you have to rock summer to sleep? So we were we were that we were giving her the love, give, mm. and then like ideally you'd like to make them feel sleepy and then put them in their crib with their eyes kind of like doing the doing the gaze, yeah, right. the glaze over. But <laughs> yeah, we never made she was just asleep and we're like, oh, this is nice. But it'll be like thirty to forty five minute time period. So when Lala visited with Ocean and her mum, now yeah, bedtime. Like come on, girls, bedtime. I take summer up. I see them go into the into the room into the back room and then they just walk back out. I was just like. <laughs> That was like a minute. And then I was like, I was just in my head contemplating life at that point as a parent. I was like, damn, I'm really going to step this one up. And but then <laughs> because you are like Summer's used to falling asleep in your arms. I'm telling you what, me taking a long flight with Ocean would be a nightmare because mm. she, when she's done, wants her bed, her bubba. She doesn't want. She's she, out. You know? Yeah. That's just what she wants. Like she may doze off for a second, but a five hour flight nightmare yeah I'm sure of it <laughs> i'm sure, sure of, it. of it just going to utah hour and 30 i was like take a nap <laughs> how was how was so you have flown with her on the short flights two hours three hours two she, hours she wants to sing she wants to run around she was a lot younger though right or no no she was younger oh, okay i'm sure we we may be okay now but yeah. You guys got your flight situated i mean you're the Come most important away. without you guys there we're just there watching nothing really I'll see you. We're there we're going for you. <laughs> I, was about to say, I, was I mean, I don't get it twisted. I'm excited. Yes. As fuck. For yeah. anyone who doesn't Mexico. know, Brock and Sheena are, we can say this right, getting married. Was yes. A, it was a secret oh, until no. now. It wasn't a secret. There's nothing, mate, we've been married since we've been together, I feel like. Like you asked, what's going to change? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Do you nothing. think the way you look at her is going to change? I mean, like, did you look at her differently when she became the mother of your child? Yes, mm-hmm. because okay. because it was it was like I got I saw her struggling as a parent sometimes, and then like stepping up as a parent. So yeah. it's just like I see her go through painful, and I see her like grow from it, 
And then there, I find those those messages there. So 100%, like more respect. And even like today, like when we have our, when I say my tits, we have our tit for tats. Right. If I say something that like I normally would say, which would be offended, upset her, I generally would just let it rock and roll and be like, okay. But like immediately once I said it, I knew I shouldn't say those things to her. I knew it hurt her. So I went up and gave her a big hug. I was like, that was stupid of me to say that. I'm in the wrong. And I've, I mean, I normally, no, I put my foot in my mouth all the time. But I was glad like for her, I can catch myself. And I was glad I can get into that because it was just a lesson learned. Like I don't want to hurt her. I don't no. want to upset her. And and then like the stuff she goes through already, with, like you guys have seen it for 10 years. I'm like, that's why I get really reactive. Right. It's the only way I can do it with her. I, I want to react and save the world from her now. And it, and it gets right. me in trouble, you know? Here mm-hmm. we are. But you no, know, when we first came onto the scene, it definitely rocked the boat of how I was really kind of just like short with my words, shooting from their hip. And so mm-hmm. I, I definitely need to learn that. And I think right. it's, it's, a, it's a lesson for everyone to see, especially once you see yourself on TV, guys. It's like the perfect mirror, right? It's just like, no one wants to see that. They're like, did I say that? I didn't do that, did I? But you did. Mm-hmm. You did. And you got to look at it and then you got to think about it. So here we are. Yeah. And, and then you do it and you've got to deal with the guilt and all that and then relive it however many months later where you're like, God, and, and we've all moved past it, but then you get to see what everyone <laughs> said about you and then you're just yeah. triggered all over again. I'm sh- I can't imagine. So let's talk about this. A lot of people, well, the last time people saw you and I together was last year at the reunion, all right? And I initially reached out to you, Brock, and said, I wanna do a podcast episode where we can squash the beef, basically. And even though you and I have done that, I also want to create a safe space for you to kind of let people see who you are because I've had the luxury of getting to know you over the past, what has it been, eight months, Mm -hmm. 10 months? and. You are number one. Let's talk about the cooking. He's a terrific cook. All right, <gasps> you're a cook. You're He's a chef. So bomb. I would call it a chef. Burgers. No, <gasps> it is bomb. So like that. that stole my heart as well as seeing him with his daughter, seeing him with Sheena. But what was what was last year like for you? It was a roller coaster, and you can say that in the actual literal term of like there were so many highs, there were so many lows, and and and. The end, at the end of the ride, you're kind of like left like just in there like, what just what was that, you know? Especially when you I thought so much, I had so many values of myself, I have so many like standards that you set for yourself. And then when you get, when you see yourself back on TV, when you go through all these experiences for everybody, I couldn't be prepared for that, you know? I thought I handled it in the most appropriate way throughout the season where I just, I turned around and I, I spoke about my truths and, I, and I, I left it at that. I, and that was the hardest part was realizing I actually have to talk about this in public because before we ever had any conversations like this, and when you when we even spoke about it when the first started talking about my kids, it was on me. I spoke about it with Randall, yourself, and Sheena when we were out in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I felt I felt like, oh, this will, it's just I want to address the elephant in the room. Like I do have my two kids, and I've never been I'm never ashamed of them. I'm not I'm not any of that. I didn't try and hide that. I was more ashamed of kind of my actions towards how I ended up in my situation. Right. And I guess I never really spoke about that because who I don't, you know, it's hard, it's a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to talk about. And also it's such a private and delicate topic that you only want to speak about that in, in a safe environment, you know? Yeah. And thanks to me, I just, I was like, safe environment means the world. <laughs> no, yo. <laughs> Did you think of that though, Brock? I'm curious as a viewer, 
you're bringing up your kids, did you think this isn't necessarily, yeah, right now it's just a couple of us, but it's not going to be within a few months, you know? That was where I get, I'm very naive in the situation Mm. of the show. Mm -hmm. I really felt like that is a part of my life. I'm not ashamed of my past. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have done things differently, but that was a part of, that's a chapter, a big part of my life. And so when we started, when we started talking about it, I was like, no, we'll keep it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, let's try and avoid. But that was for my own protect. That was for everyone. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. know why I wanted not to talk about it because there was something there. Well, for the biggest one was because my ex was never going to approve of us having a conversation about it. Then, mm. now, different story. But then it was kind of like we weren't even talking. And so to kind of have the conversation about my ex, how they feel about the kids, I always felt like I was never entitled to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And so when when I was briefly talking about the kids, I'm like, yeah, we don't see each other. I really wanted to kind of like set the standard. Like I understand a separation and a new partner with a kid with Lala and Randall and we had this conversation. Now, I think that was kind of the, the environment I was in. I forgot that this is the show that you guys have. It's just like such an imprint on people and people imprint to every one of you, yourself, to Lala, to even all the cast members, people find their they find their people within you when you right. watch the show. And so the biggest one was like the aftermath of once the stuff started coming out was kind of like, wow, the impact that it had on many people, positive and negative, but you always read the negative, right? And so you, that yeah, just- Yeah, the negative just, always sticks harder always than the positive. There. It always mm-hmm. gets there. So mm-hmm. I, I was, yeah, that was a uh, greenhorn, but I just didn't expect that, you know, that was the biggest one. Did Sheena warn you bef- like before going into this situation? Because you know, Sheena, I've always said, has one of the best hearts in the entire world. Sometimes Sheena goes into things and she she leads with her heart and doesn't think about because it's not it's not natural. Mm-hmm. It's not natural to think about what the what everyone is w- going to think that's watching because in real life, mm-hmm. we just live, yes. right? We're not worried about what Catherine in freaking South Dakota thinks because who the fuck is she? Yeah. But guess what? Catherine. Catherine from South Dakota got an opinion and she's going to be sliding into your DMs, right. writing on every freaking IG blog. Mm-hmm. You don't think about that stuff. Did she say to you, the internet is a crazy place. I need to know what's going on with you and your situation because it could very well be brought up on camera and we got to be prepared. Yeah, she was uh, definitely up. We've, we didn't have that conversation in detail, but it was more of like, I know you don't want to talk about your kids, so don't talk about them. And I was like, okay, cool. And then so we, <laughs> here we are in Palm Springs and I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. And we talked about it and I was like, all right, look, like I, I didn't want to continue this conversation, but then obviously from that, it brought up concerns for yourself. It brought up other people's concerns. And so I understand now looking back, people still want to know that story, regardless of how, bad it was or, or or everyone's how it happened people still now curious like okay then what is that situation because they're invested into you guys and i didn't know that i didn't realize the impact you guys have on the world i'm going to let you in on a little tiny secret i am not a cook okay so that's not really a secret but i do have a secret weapon when it comes to the kitchen factor factors delicious ready-to-eat meals are always fresh never frozen They get delivered right to your door, and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. I've also become a big fan of their add-ons, snacks, and smoothies. Ocean loves the pancakes. I pretty much get those and the mango smoothies in every single Factor delivery. But Factor has you covered no matter how and what you're eating. Keto, calorie smart, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. 
The weekly menu has 35 options, including gourmet meals like filet mignon and shrimp. There's no prepping, cooking, or even cleaning up. You just heat it up and then eat right out of the factor packaging. So easy. You can customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need, and you can also pause and reschedule deliveries. So head to factormeals.com slash lala50 and use code lala50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next box. That's code lala50 at factormeals.com slash lala50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing Jess and Easton with samples. I use Claritin and I absolutely love it. You guys know I was in Las Vegas for that music festival and it was so windy there that my allergies were the worst. My eyes were so itchy. They were so watery. My head hurt so bad. I had a total sinus headache, but I had Claritin D with me. So I took it and I think it only took like 30 minutes before I started to feel better, which was amazing. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has been an absolute game changer for me. I've actually been using it for a few weeks now. I take it before I go hiking. And obviously when I went to that music festival, which was all outside, no more itchy, watery eyes and no more sinus pressure headaches, which if you've experienced those before, you guys know they are the worst. So that was huge for me. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. So do you feel comfortable in a Cliff Notes version talking about how old you were when you when you had your first two kids and what led to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, I could I could do it a cliff note version. I was very young when we met. Um, we were like 16 when wow. we first met in high, like school. high school. 16, 17, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then through that, we started dating. Then we were off and on. We're doing the high school breakup, get back together stuff. And then we actually fully split when I moved to Europe to play rugby. And then when I was in Europe, I flew her over. She had a boyfriend at the time. I was like, well, here's a flight. She came over. We called it quits. I remember that day we said, look, we traveled around. It was very a good breakup, actually. Like, we traveled around the world. And uh, we're in front of the Notre Dame in France for the last week I was playing in France. And we're like, this doesn't work. Like, you, we're not happy with each other. And then the next day was when we found out that she was pregnant. That night we went out to dinner. And we went out to our friend's dinner and then she was like across from us and she was like, oh, my boobs. And then all the girls kind of screamed and all the rugby boys were like, okay, went home, did a pregnancy test and we found out we were pregnant with my boy Eli. Wow. And so we had a conversation. We were going back to Australia that next week. And so we went back to Australia and during that, it was kind of like step up to the plate. I was raised a Mormon. I told to my mom, mm. you got to you got to step up. And yeah. so we, we did. We ended up going back to France for a couple of years. how old were you? So I was 19 at the time. Oh, my gosh. Baby. Yeah. Baby. So we, we did that. We went back to France together. We lived there for half of that season. 
things weren't going too well with the rugby club financially they went under and so then that kind of put a lot of pressure on us and all the rugby players internationally and then we moved back to australia i was in a midlife crisis only like 20 21 at this time i had a professional career i just lost it have a kid um, and then we're in a very toxic relationship. And it's not for that. She traveled the world and gave it all up to, for me to live my dream. And right. that was the bigger pressure was having my partner there in a different country just supporting 100%. So she didn't have her thing. She didn't have her time or anything like that. And that was kind of a big pressure for both of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so when we went back to Australia during that period of time, I moved, we broke up, we got back together, went to counseling, and then the counselor was like, you guys don't need to be together. Right. He's like, you definitely, like, this is too far gone, like, there's just so much animosity towards each other that you're better off being apart. So we separated, and then as we were separating, still trying to, like, backwards and forwards, we found out we were 14 weeks pregnant with our little girl. That, can I tell you, that's when it happens, because passionate relationships will do a quote-unquote passionate relationships, mm-hmm. which are usually <laughs> toxic. Toxic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the the explosion of a fight is so passionate that the, the makeup sex. is yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and people, that's when a lot of babies are conceived. It was it was, it was, it was definitely a surprise for both of us. So and what's the age difference between them? Just they're, so I... they're a year. A year oh, so, a year. so close. So close, okay. yes. Okay. We had Eli, we moved back to Australia, mm-hmm. and then we had that, that situation pop up. And at that point, again, it was like we went, we got an ultrasound, we saw a full blown baby. It wasn't like a fetus anymore. She was fully developed and just growing her best life. So we were at 14 weeks. So that was a point where we decided to stay separated. Okay. But we were going to figure out how we go the next steps. But we were broken up. I was in a different state. And then during that time, I, I, during that time, I had an argument with her dad over the phone. And that's when the domestic violence order got brought in. Okay. And then they related back to our three, four-year history of just angry fighting with each other to back to when we were 19 and we got into an argument and I did slap her. Yeah. It wasn't the cause of the domestic violence, but it should never have happened. And so that way, when I speak about that, I know I should never have done that. And it's the one time I have. And then in the domestic violence, what was brought up was kind of my background of being from New Zealand, my parents being split up, my domestic violence when I was growing up. And so they kind of like leaned into all these things and then I wasn't in court to appeal it. When they served me with the papers, I wasn't present because I didn't get served. The officer serving me, and this is ridiculous, the officer serving me was out of the country on holiday. So the papers sat on his table. He comes back, lets me know that I didn't appear in court, so it's been, it's been upheld. So I need to apply for a court appearance to get it dropped. We go to the court four months later, and it gets dropped. I, I submit my evidence. He underst- and, we, and we got dropped. And then we started talking again. I got to see my little girl. I got to spend some time with Eli. And during that four-month breakup period, we were I was already transitioning to go, what, what happens if I can get a workout in the NFL? And so that was kind of where I was like, I'm not, I can't play rugby this season. Where can I go play professional sports somewhere? What can I do? And obviously, she was in a new relationship okay. and still is with the same guy. And this is a very important message that never got shown or talked about because – I didn't want to talk about their relationship. Now that, that now that we've made up and we're actually talking, legend of a guy. And from the beginning, when they started dating and I was out of the picture, he stepped up to the plate. He's always been there for the two kids. And that was where our period of time are not seeing. And once I moved to America, he stepped up to a point where they don't they didn't need to have me or my mom or my family sitting around going, Oh, how's the kids? Because it's kind of antagonizing to their parenting. Right. And so Cliff Note, fast forward. 
as we went through that period of the relationship where that kid, I moved to America, it just grew bigger and bigger apart because I wasn't there and the right. kids had somebody there. And then they the conversation came up with his family and them where you're not stepping up. You say you are, but you're not. And in my head, I, it's fun because it's hard because when we talked about it on the show with everybody watching, I've never spoken about that period ever. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm doing it. But I never internally processed the damage I did, the damage that affected the kids and what all of that. I never took that into account. You know, I have... And obviously with my situation and you hear a story like that and you want to say like, why didn't you fight harder? Why didn't you give more of a damn? And what I'm hearing with with this is you made the best decision for those two kids. How is their life going to be fulfilled with stability, consistency? And that is very important for children. Mm-hmm. And if you felt like it was the best decision. And the mom, their mom felt like yeah. that was the best decision. It sounds like you two agreed on this. We, I, I guess we agreed on it, but I took it as like, you're not going to, you know, I, I took it as the immature version of like, oh, you're going to take me. Like, this guy's not going to write. Like, I was really upset about not having access. But at the right. same time, I knew deep down that that was the best thing for the kids. And, and, it, and it still is. And so like, that was the hardest thing for me to kind of remind myself like, okay, I'm their dad, but I'm not the right person to raise these kids. Mm. He, they're in a good situation with somebody that is treating them like their own kids. They have now a little sister and he's been around the whole time he's taught. And, and it was just like, it, was, it wasn't an ego trip. It was, just, it was just hard to get my head wrapped around that fact that, you know what, I did have two kids, but I wasn't a good dad for them. You know, I think that being being a dad or a mom, that's not a right. That's a luxury. Mm. You don't just get the title of a dad because you shot some sperm. Mm. You don't get you don't just get to be a father. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree. Yes. So I think you saying that, you know, you were obviously very young and we can sit here and say this is what you should have done. And we can go back and forth Mm -hmm. all day long. The bottom line is, how are the two children doing? Mm hmm. Right. Yes. It's about. Because I think yes. of I think about this all the time because yeah. obviously my world blew up and you want you want to think that everything is cookie cutter, but at the end of the day, take all the shit out of it with both parents. What is going to benefit these kids so they can go out into the world and not have you know years and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fucking therapy to get over the traumas that the parents have caused. Mm-hmm. And so I, I respect the decision that you made. I respect their mom. And I am wondering, do, do they know, like, do they know you? Yeah. So that was, that was the harder part because once we started reconnecting and talking to them, Winsel had no problem coming up on the FaceTime and be like, hey, like, how are you? But then Eli didn't want to. And he's still, it's still at the point where he's does, because he, 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 for him, I was a big influence with him. And when I wasn't around, he was three. But he still knew that and he still mm-hmm. felt that. So we're still working on that relationship. The rule is it's up to the kids. And so me and their mother text backwards and forwards. I just check in on them, how they're doing. And Trevor, her, their kid's stepdad is just, or their dad is an absolute legend. He's like, we'll grab a beer when you're in town. Like, not a problem. Like, let's that. not make this a thing. Let's just move forward, which is what I was doing. I was making it a thing, wasn't I? I was, mm-hmm. I was avoiding the hard things. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sort that out. And then after this came to, came out, and once we once it came out on the show, it really just came at me with like I was like, well, 
I just have to do it. I can't just sit there and say I'm doing something. I'm going to take care of this. How do I fix this? How do I step? How do I solve the problem that I caused for myself instead right. of just putting it off and prolonging that hard hardship between me and my ex? And now we're at a better place. It's not the fact that we're like we're homies, but she respects that I said sorry. She respects all of that, and then at the same time, I I just I'm so happy that the kids have her. I really I, I'm thrilled about it and I love where you are right now and you know people can give you all the advice in the world but a situation like that every situation is so complex and there's so many little nuances where it's like you can't even give advice or say what you would have done because you really don't fucking know mm-hmm. right yeah you do the best you can with the situation that maybe you created for yourself that was handed to you and you know Brock and I have spoken about this a lot In my mind, I was coming from a place because I didn't know you well. Mm -hmm. And I know Sheena and, you know, her picker, just like my picker, has been off on many occasions. And you're waving red flags in our faces. And we're like, what? It's pink to me. (laughs) We're like colorblind as fuck. Yeah. And so I I wanted to protect her because her heart is so pure, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. My main goal in all of it was just protection. In her mind, she's like, I found the man of my dreams. And now the father of my child, what are you doing, Lala? Like, shut your fucking mouth. Hindsight, maybe I should have shut my mouth. Maybe I should have approached it in a different way. But again, you just do the best you can with whatever situation you're in. It's just all perspective and mm -hmm. all informational, right? That word. Perspective. It's a killer. It's a real thing. Like, we can look at this newspaper article in front of us and we can look at it from different angles Belly mm-hmm. times yeah well there's only, there's only one angle you can read this one right here what is that page 10 that's right yeah but but in life and i think we get offended by somebody else's perception sometimes we do and it's like wow and it's like and no one is no one's in it they get so crazy like america i love it here but there's a different world outside of america on top mm-hmm. of that so you add cultural differences and all that and it's like I love everyone back in Australia. Like, oh, you could have had the same in Australia, but I'm telling you guys, you have an accent and drive in America, you're going places. Mm-hmm. In Australia, I'm just like a tradie that's digging holes and having a chat and getting <laughs> off of Like, that's it. Yeah. I'm having a tinny at 10 o'clock. Like, that's it. <laughs> right. But over here, you can have these opportunities. And it, uh, that was a hard one for everyone back. Like, well, what about, it's not a cop out, bro. I come to America. I left my family to try to get out of the hole, which, which was low income. My mom was... We lived in projects. Mm -hmm. We lived in low-income areas. And the only reason I got out of that was because my last two years of school, I got offered a sports scholarship. So that was my way out. My, 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 uh, my, what what would it be? Economic status? My education? Mm. Oh. Horrible. Okay, Mm. some point. I never was good at school. Suffered from it a lot. And so growing up, I thought I was either going to be a dairy farmer my whole life, which is what my stepdad did and still does, or... That was it. There was no other option for me. It was building. It was construction. It was it was trade work, hard work, and get into it. And I'm, I'm a, I love. I'm a fan of hard work. But then when I had the opportunity to play rugby at 19 or 18, I started playing that. I was like, oh, this could be a career to get my family out of the projects, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the driving force behind it. And since 18, when I realized like I could put my body and my skills, I was never the talented, but I'd know I'd work hard at it. Yeah. And that was the vision I've always had. And then within that big vision, there were sacrifices and losses that I, I stepped out on. But I, I think it's very uh, perspective and unfair for people to be like, well, what about this? When you People don't understand. People don't understand. People don't really get And even when I came at you and I was ripping your head off when I was pissed off in the show, I was like, 
bloody Range Rovers and Beverly Hills is not normal because for me, it was a perspective of where right, I came yeah. from, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I do know. Because <laughs> people can sit there and it's like, if you you can't weigh in on, if you if you were born and raised in the United States and you grew up a certain way, it's hard for you to understand like what Brock is saying. If you've never been to Australia in the situation he was placed in, you can't say you could have done that in Australia. How mm-hmm. the fuck do we know yeah. what you could or couldn't do in Australia? Yeah. yeah, And that's not ripping on Ipswich. And if everyone's listening from back home from Ipswich, <laughs> I love Ippy, but listen, bro. It's not that you, if you, if it you wasn't know where, for you. If, yeah. yeah, if you know, you know. And, and I think with time and, and, and just understanding that and learning, there's no playbook in life. And I think that's the best reason why podcasts are so great because people want to hear everyone else's experiences. They want to hear another perspective and then they're going to keep going to those same perspectives around them so they can kind of find similarities in it. Yeah. And reality is there's that many you're not going to always agree. And look at look at the world we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, Jess and I talk about that a lot, like perspective and people coming from different areas and just we we so often judge people just based off of what you see in front of you without thinking about what that person has been through to get them to where they are and if we don't vibe with someone we have to at least respect the the trials and tribulations they've gone through to get to where they are let's find common ground i feel like we've done that and by the way range rovers and being in beverly hills i mean i'm i'm not from anywhere that's you know i grew up in a very privileged area mm-hmm. but i certainly wasn't driving around in range rovers you know i yeah. was ghost riding the fucking ford expedition <laughs> <laughs> you know my friends right. going to private school and yeah you had a car no. you had wheels yeah you know yeah. yes I used, yeah. to, I, I used to love i used to love my story this one story of my mom is like mom can i go to the movie theater she's like yeah you can go to the movies and the movie ticket in Australia, a ticket to the movie is $8. Popcorn might be like $2, $3. And then like a ticket's like $3. So to go to the movies, I'm like, mom, yeah, it's, it's, uh, can I get 10 bucks to go to the movies? She's like, here you go. And then so I get given $10 to go to the movies, but I still have to pay for my train ride mm-hmm. and figure it out. So this was my thing. I used to go from Ipswich to Indrapilly, jump on the train. If like the train inspector's got on, I got off. And I just got back on the next train or I'd run off and then you jump on another carriage and just get there. Oh, I used to my- jump the train. And then, <laughs> and then when I get to the get to the movie theater, I buy my ticket. And then when people would finish a movie, they would have their refill coupons on their popcorn, and yeah. they throw them away. So I pull it out of the trash, grab the refund coupon, go up to the front, and like, "Can I get a fresh box?" And you get free popcorn. Oh, but that was that <laughs> was that God. was just like it is. What, I wanted to go with my friends. I wanted to keep the normal normal things with my friends after yeah. school or on weekends. But totally. that was how I did movies. Then this, Damn. this is fascinating. <laughs> trains, going through garbage. It's, hey, you know what? It's what it is. One I man's trash it. is another man's free popcorn. Right. Okay. So then with your, it sounds like you and Sheena probably had different upbringings or grew up a bit differently. A little bit. Do you think that that plays in how you raise Summer? Have you had to work oh, around that? Oh, I love that, that question, Jess. Like, listen, this is, this is the question. This is our life. By right the way, now. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen you it. Because yeah. we're both like, we're doing it for the best of the best. Yes. And and the ultimate outcome is to teach her the best of us, to mm-hmm. be honest. But uh, yeah, we definitely a conversation. You should definitely have more than after six months of having a conversation with somebody yeah. or dating. You need to have those conversations because you're, you're oh, it's so fun. We get to imprint on her. Like we literally, and I'm in a different situation when I was when I was 19. Yes. I know for a fact I still was doing good things, but now I'm in a different position to actually 
just enjoy those moments, but it's definitely hard. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, hard. I'm sure. Yeah, no, Sheena, Sheena, like baby, 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 yeah. baby's her baby. Obviously, you know, she's she suffered a miscarriage. Summer is her, she has been through what many women have been through. Yeah. I can't relate, but she is just, that is her angel. Yeah. Right? Not saying it's not Brock's, but Brock is like, she's tough. She'll yeah. be right. <laughs> happy medium. Let's find the happy, happy medium. medium. I'm not, no, not going to lie. Parenting back in the day had some like, you got to, yeah. Parenting yeah. back in the day was ruthless. Yeah. We, we're <laughs> ruthless. Brutal. And I think yeah. we're realizing now the impact that that has on yeah. everybody. You know, especially yes. with, especially with this, like, I mean, what's the word I'm trying to say? Just with kind of like the mindfuckery, like the impact it really has. Right. Mm-hmm. On, on, on us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, we had a family argument slash open table because hey all right uh, this is the, the this is the best part about me is my family i'm the youngest of five my mom was uh with my the youngest with my dad he had all five kids and when i was three two and a half they split up and so that rocked my whole family we were born into the mormon church born and raised in new zealand good old and, mormons. and good old mormons and so we're the family that has a split parent right in, in, in which the is definitely looked down upon looked down upon okay and then so my eldest brother at the age of 18 was an olympic swimmer he was wow. doing water polo for new zealand he was crushing it then and then he found a girl and then started partying and then ended up in gangs and ended up in jail for doing oh. the stupid things stealing cars and just going down the wrong track okay and then my other brother underneath him when my parents split up it affected him differently he ran away at home at 14 and we're half moldy, but he's running around with like gang members and yeah. doing dumb things in and out of juvie, stealing and doing dumb things. So, I, and then my other sister, that, that that separation affected her because she ended up being an alcoholic at like twelve or thirteen. Wow! And so now she's like eighteen years sober now. Oh my god! So bro, that's why, like, that. so, that's like like sobriety when Dick James and all that. For me, I'm just like I'm not. I don't want to like overstep because I don't know that. But yeah, my sister's 18 years sober. Wow. How and I think, she, I think she might be 19 coming up to 20. Like she's crushing it. She's crushing wow. it. And so then there was me and my sister, the youngest two that just saw our whole, that saw our whole family crumble from mm-hmm. all of that. And so I just learned from their mistakes. I never touched a drug until I was like 20, until I came to America and finished football. And that was at the end of that closure. You're like, America's right. great. <laughs> what is this? Cannabis, you know? <laughs> and even when I talk about it with my mom, she gets, she's like, oh, it's drugs. It's bad. Yeah. I was like, it's better than pharmaceutical. But anyway. Has your family met Summer? So my mom and my two sisters have. My okay. two older brothers, they're, one's in New Zealand, one's in Australia. They have not yet. But okay. hopefully at the end of this year, we're going to go back to Australia. Well, the pandemic was the real thing. Yes. Um, but my mom and the sister, they're actually at my house right now yeah. with, with Summer. They, they flew are? over for the wedding. So they're here for the wedding. And I picked my mom up two days ago, my sister yesterday, and then my other sister comes in tomorrow. And then we've got the wedding. And then, yeah, yeah that's that's the best part. But that's my family, right? And so like- yeah. When, when I talk about perspective, like that's where mine comes from. Like I don't want to – and I feel like I just want to retire my mom. I needed her to stop working. She's a prison officer. I don't know if I haven't bragged about that enough. She yeah, she's is? A she's a prison officer. That? Still. Still is. So she grew up – And don't the, don't the inmates call her mom? Yep. Yeah. Is it in a all women's prison <laughs> or men's, prison? All men's men. max. Men's max. Stop. Yeah. So she grew up with my dad. She was working in like retail for yeah. her whole life. Did retail. Worked at like a makeup artist. Like we go into like those Nordstrom's and they yeah. give yeah, you yeah. makeup. And that was my do- mom. 
And okay. then like, and then she was like, I want to change. So she applied for the police force. She I was fucking like, did some change. And then she ended up getting a government job at, at the men's prison. She's been there for like nearly 20 years now. Bad is she tough? Ass. Is she a tough woman? She is. A, oh, she's a strong woman. Yeah. She's yeah. strong. Like she's, she's not strong. like built like, like an ox, yeah, but yeah, she's yeah. like, like she's strong and she just like, she's so much. She's, I'm so proud of her. Like she just carries it and, and then Amazing. she just works her ass off. So yeah. I want to, that's my goal is take yeah. care of my family because I learned all my lessons from them. Mm-hmm. And if that meant making those sacrifices I thought up they were appropriate at the time, I did that. Yeah. And that was with work, that was with football, everything. So but I that's that's kinda like that's my perspective on life is because we did come from that. I remember, you know, when we were growing up, my mom had to buy our house and it was the first house she brought by herself. And I had money in the bank because I lost my finger when I was four. Okay. And so every year I get I got I get a check because I'm sixteen percent whole body incompetent. Like my limb is never gonna grow back. What? Wait, what is what is this? I don't know this story. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? What? You didn't know? No. So wait, let me see your... I see... Okay. Brock, I had no idea you only had four fingers. Yeah. So I tell everyone it was a crocodile, but I guess I could tell everyone the real story. Okay, let's hear that. it. Let's hear it for anyone wait, who doesn't I, know. We do the crocodile story or the real story? The real story. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, let's do the real story. Now, so we grew up on a dairy farm. Okay. And then one afternoon I was in the yard and it's a circular yard and there's a pin in the middle with a gate, just like a clock hand. And okay. it, as it rotates around, it pushes the cattle onto the table to get milked. And when it gets to about seven o'clock there's a side gate and you take the bulls out of the side because you don't want the bulls to go onto the milking table because okay. they just you can't milk a bull they yeah eat, yeah it's stupid okay that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> my perspective everybody okay there's me four and a half years old walk past this big bull and it, i walk straight past them to get him out to the side so i walk behind him and as every day i go and i kind of like clack my hands okay yeah. like come on get out and instead of him getting up it startled him and he kicked me and okay. so I fell back onto the gate that was behind me and it just so happened that the cover was off okay. and then I rolled my hand in oh. and it rolled in like gears. It caught my hand and then it crushed uh, crushed my first finger, okay. phalange number one, my pointer okay. and a bit of the two, but then it actually crushed all of my hand. In so they had to do like uh, bone graft, skin graft. It was uh, hectic. That was wild. Do you have lost your entire hand? Uh, yeah. Def- I went to the, well, I, yeah. we're on the farm, so we had to go to the vet in town. The vet? Well, this is rural. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to the vet and then yeah. they wrapped it up in a bandage and then I had to get airlifted to the hospital, which was like two hours away. Holy Do you shit. remember feeling pain or were you in shock? Never pain, but okay. I remember t- talking about it over and over. And I, so I re- there was the widest white I've ever seen in my life, which was my bone. <gasps> and then there was a point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gnarly. It was gnarly. That is gnarly. What does yeah. that have to do with your liver, though? Or is that different? Did you say liver? No, just like just how I was raised. No, I thought, so I thought you said, limb. oh, your limb. limb. Yeah. I thought you so said back liver. To my, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. back to how I was raised. So that happened when I was four and a half. And then since then, <laughs> for the rest cow. of my life, I get like $1,000 a year. I was like, cool, okay. I'll take that. Whatever. Yeah. Like that. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so that was going into my bank account for like 10, 12 years. So I had like, 10, like what was that, 10 to $12,000? And so I remember my mom was buying her first house and she was short. And then she cried to me. She was like, I need to use your money to buy the house. I was like, it's fine. I own these four bricks right here. <laughs> that's really cute. That's so sweet. But like, that, that was just, that's just my mom. Like she deserves everything and she's taking care of five of us, you yeah. know? And it's, I, unfortunately for her, she wears her burdens through us, our mistakes. She carries them as her own. Mm-hmm. And so like when this came out, I couldn't tell my mom to stay off social media because she cannot help herself and it just mm-hmm. destroyed her more. 
and so this made that kind of like yeah yeah do you do you regret asking or anything lala or is it just one of those things where you're like we could only do what we could do at the time i thought it was i thought it was appropriate and i thought i was trying to protect sheena Uh, oh i loaded question i would have i would have done it very differently okay i would have I would have pulled her aside and and asked her and you know said are are you good mm-hmm. do you know about this stuff I just would have I would have done it very differently just differently okay I don't yeah. want to say that I wish I wouldn't have brought it up especially now with the situation mm-hmm. I'm in I'm mm-hmm. very like I used to be protective of women I am like beyond protective of women now right so I think had it happened after my situation i would have been much much more delicate got it yeah you know Mm -hmm. um a lot of people especially sandoval like to say that i'm on my high horse everyone needs to get over it me and the horse that's high are connected right (laughs) i'm not falling off the cookie is on the horse (laughs) deal with it it. i'm on the horse i enjoy it i ain't falling off but i would have done it differently okay yes yeah and i probably would have had the i would have probably brought Brock into the situation as well to say, I'm concerned about my friend. Even though you don't owe me anything, just give me peace of mind for my friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's just talk it out. Instead, it was more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's that's how I feel like when the cameras are up, they kind of like encourage that. They're not going to be like, hey, you should have like a side conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of feel like, well, we're I got to tell you how I feel because other people feel like this. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's like the trouble when cameras go up sometimes. And I, and I realized that after watching, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worst thing to do was watch those last five episodes in 24-hour span before the reunion. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then I'm just sitting here just seething. Fuming. On top yeah. of like the first half of, of like, oh, okay, oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me. So when I went into that reunion, I don't know what, first off, I should never have been in this view. I should never have been at that reunion. I should never have been a main cast member season one. First off. Okay. Because, I mean, you got the best of me. You yeah. Got, you got all of me and that was raw. But, like, I didn't know how to handle myself. Right. And so when I was in there, even Lala said, she's like, Brock's on one. Because, like, I was just, I did it. And then she wasn't there. You, you, right. you, you couldn't be a person. So there right. I am just yelling at a TV <laughs> because I'm hurt. And it's just like, yeah. he's crazy. Yeah. And that was like, that was my downfall because obviously if I could have taken a second to just understand that, you know what, that happened and I'm angry at myself, but I'm taking it out on La La, I'm taking it out on everybody else. I wish I had that common sense because I know that's within me to have that kind of temper to slow down and, and be aware of that. But I didn't have it that day and it did not come across You know well. what though, yeah. Brock? I so, I could tell you were on 10. You had every right to be on 10. I was going through my own shit. There was like s- the bigger things happening in my life than what this reunion was. I was kind of zoned yeah. out. But I shake things off pretty quickly. When people say I'll, for- I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. It's like, well, then what's the point of forgiving me? Because mm-hmm. if you're never going to forget, like that doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. I literally forgive, forget, move on, clean slate. So during that moment, it was like, whatever. I may feel some type of way, but I'll shake it off pretty quickly. Yeah. Did you guys? And have I'm no a, stranger yeah. to going off on people because because I, I also because my problem with that was like I never gave my I never gave myself time to understand what you were dealing with, 
A, because we also didn't realize what we were dealing with. Mm. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Until we read. LA Times. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was another one. We didn't realize that on top of it, but I didn't even I didn't even make it available in my thought process to be like, what are you going through? Because I was so hurt, I was so pissed, and it was it was you know that, I think the biggest lesson for me from that is like when you feel like I'm in that when I'm hurt, I needed people need to do better at being like, why are you really hurt? Because it's not mm -hmm. for any of this. It's because you're not happy with your actions from back then, but just don't repeat it. So me being angry in that situation didn't help. Yeah. yeah. But I'm the perfect person to go off on. Yeah. I feel like me and you can, I feel like we have our moments, but at the same time in, in the real world, we kind of like dust it off our shoulders. Because the reality is if there's a problem, you're the problem because it's not my problem because you're thinking it, not me. <laughs> or, <yeah. laughs> it sounds like you have a problem. I'm walking this way. <laughs> right. But, but, but in that, I had a problem and I should have just walked on from it and be like, perfect, whatever. What's the problem? I think it's good to purge. I think it is too. Did either of you reach out to the other after because obviously like you said at the reunion tensions were high was there a moment where one of you reached out to I the think, other and we're like we have to talk i think brog didn't you reach out to me i believe you sent me a text mm. that said that you were sorry and right after that it was like we're good bro yeah yeah no, yeah I, I think i think i did reach out just because like once i once you see yourself you're mm -hmm. like Phew. yeah <laughs> yeah, and, I get and, it. and look, and I get it, and 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 the response I got on social media was valid. Mm -hmm. You know, our audience, and this is another thing you didn't even take into account because I didn't think of it as a show. I, did, I literally, I thought of it as she and his close friends, and we get to have these opportunities to do these great things, mm -hmm. and that's what I was, I was. I was enjoying that. I was like, this is such a fun season. You know, the audience that watches it, the majority of them are females. You know, right. you know, and they, and then they want to be represented properly, especially in twenty twenty two. And so that's like a big one to be aware of, you know, out around, around the world, like there is a change happening and it's a positive change. And so my ignorance didn't help that movement, mm -hmm. you know, and I respect that and I understand that. And so I want to make sure I can be more aware of that, you know, mm -hmm. I love that. We love growth. I love a good growth. Love moment. a good growth moment. <laughs> yeah, but look, it, it does, it's also good for everyone else to learn these messages of too. Course. Like, We're all don't make the same mistake. I'd, it's hard to say mm -hmm. that. Learn from other people, but that's why we get to talk about it. Yes, we're all out in these streets, just doing the best we fucking swinging, can. Swinging, just We're trying just, to survive. Just you know? trying to survive. For I real. love it. Brock, thank you so much for being on the podcast, being so open about your past. You're a fucking champion, dude. You're a love, love you, honey. It's been great. Thanks for talking, and uh, let's live on the summer. It's going to be a good summer. I love it. We're headed to Mexico. I love you guys so much. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.